Welcome to Sealing God's People at SealingGodsPeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. We've been talking about the work of the ministry in the last days. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Now, many say that you can't be perfected as long as we're in the flesh, that you have to sin a little bit every day. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Word of God says, little children, I write unto you that you sin not. If any man sin, he have an advocate with the Father, the man Christ Jesus. Howbeit, he that's born of God doth not sin or commit sin, because his seed remaineth in him. The voice of the Lord in the last days, in Hebrews 12, that voice that we're seeing, and that voice as of a trumpet, talking with John, we see that Paul spoke to the church of Hebrews and the 12th chapter saying that in the days of Moses, when he was going to bring them out of Egypt, then as he brought them out and they came to Mount Horeb, they came to Sinai, and the mountain burned with fire, whose voice then shook the earth, and the mountain burned with fervent heat, was on fire, for the Lord descended upon the mountain. Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Yet in the last days, yet once more, God hath promised that he will not shake the earth only like he did in the days of Moses. Who, if anyone touched the mountain, will thrust through with a dart. And whose voice then that shook that mountain and the people feared so much, they said, Moses, you hear from God and tell it to us. If they, who voice then shook that mountain. How much more sore judgment shall we if we hear not that voice that speaks from heaven? That voice is speaking now for the sealing of the servants of God, for those that have an ear to hear. The Lord hath promised yet once more, I shake not only earth, but also heaven, that all that can be shaken may be removed as the things that are made. Everything man-made will be shaken as of things that are made, and those are man-made denominations, so that the things cannot be shaken may remain. That's a remnant. Seeing then that we have a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Now this consumption decreed will be upon the whole earth. O earth, 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 hear ye the word of the Lord. When the Lord arises to do his work, his strange work, and bring to pass his act, his strange act. Don't mock at it, sinner friend of mine. Lest your bands of your heart be made strong. For I have heard of the Lord of hosts a consumption decreed upon the whole earth. This overflowing scourge has surprised the hypocrite. They did not have any idea that the work would literally overturn that in the last days that they were to go on to perfection because they thought they were clothed, fed, and had needed nothing but did not know they were poor, miserable, wretched, naked, and destitute. That Laodicean church, he said, I counsel of thee to buy me gold tried in the fire that you may be clothed upon and your shame doth not appear. This is the voice. The voice that then shook this earth is now going to shake earth and also heaven. It'll be the greatest shaking the world has ever seen. It's the 21st day in the seventh month in Haggai when he says uh, that the Lord uh, will shake the nations. He will shake them, and then all the desire of the nations shall come. All the silver and the gold is mine, saith the Lord. And I'll make the glory of the latter house 
greater than that of the former. The later house, the latter house, is that of the latter rain. We're not talking about the second advent. Certainly these things will happen before the second coming of the Lord when he comes for the salvation of his people the second time without sin. That's second advent. But this is a work of the ministry before then. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Now, this is a strange work. We understand that. He said it is a strange act because this is judgment. It seems that this is not God, but yet, in Isaiah 28, he tells us exactly that this word that he speaks in the voice of the Lord will shake. And that midnight cry and the virgins, the five wise will literally go in with the Lord. The five foolish, there will not have enough oil for their lamps. And therefore will go out into outer darkness. The ones that go in with the Lord, the Lord shuts the door. That's the ceiling, just as it was in the days of Noah. Now, let's take a look at the voice. Now, we left off last time. We said, tune in to the next podcast because we talked about the voice of the Lord as a voice of a multitude, a voice of a host. That is the voice of the church. It's a ministry voice of Jesus, which is the Feast of Trumpets, the alarm of war. That is in Ezekiel 21. You preach your prophets are like the foxes in the desert. For they have not gone up the gap, nor made up the hedge for the children of Israel to stand in the day of the battle of the Lord. Now, the day of the Lord, before that coming, he will send, uh, remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. What's that for? It's a restoration. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. It requires for the body of Christ to turn not to stay in the Pentecostal mode, not in the old former reign, but the latter reign. This is a new thing that God will do. He said, though the Lord will do a new thing, yet they will not hear for the time to come. He said, the Lord doeth a new thing, a woman shall compass a man. And that is the Revelation 12, man child, God will have gotten to his throne Two wings of a great eagle given to the woman where she flieth into the wilderness. We'll be talking about why two wings of a great eagle. Why an eagle? Why we're going to see in the cherubim of glory that we have been taught are angels. But we're going to find that they're not. This is the higher glory of the church as we see in Revelation 19.10. John saw it. He saw a man that he thought was the Lord Jesus Christ. And as he approached the man, he was going to bow down and worship him. In Revelation 19, 10, and the man said, See, thou doest it not. I'm of thy fellow brethren, and of thy servants, and of thy brethren, one of the church members that have the testimony of Jesus. I have something that other church members, Christians do not have. I've gone higher. I've diligently sought the Lord my God. And he has the testimony of Jesus. He says, see that thou doest it not, for I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. And he tells us, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, Jesus tells us in John 8, 
13, what that testimony is. The Ark of the Covenant is the testimony. It's not the candlestick. It's the testimony. And in the testimony or the Ark were three things. Aaron's rod that budded and brought forth almonds, that is lust, and uh, the manna, an omer of manna was put into the, the testimony, and the decalogue, the tables of stone. These three things were there what would bear witness and testimony in the latter days in the Song of Moses in Deuteronomy 32, 33, and as Jacob spoke over his people in Genesis 49. We, these days are upon us now. We, the body of Christ, are experiencing these things now. But we have to turn. You see, John, in Revelation 1, we're going to see that he has to turn and take a look with me, if you will, in Revelation 1. And he says, The Lord God has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, that and is even his Father, or even the Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And then he goes on and says, He cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. Those clouds are so great a cloud of witnesses. That's not a cumulus or a thrombus cloud. That is the clouds of so great a cloud of witnesses in the armies of God when he comes there to the earth. Now there's a parousia, a coming. The coming, the second advent, is when he comes a second time with that sin of salvation for the salvation of his people. Then there's also the parousia, which is the latter rain. And that latter rain is the Zechariah 10, ask if you rain in the time of the latter rain, so will the Lord make bright clouds, send forth showers to every one grass in the field. That latter rain of the Holy Ghost is the last great rain of his strength. We are approaching that now in the ministry voice of Jesus in the Rosh Hashanah. That is the fifth feast of the Lord in the third season. We have seven feasts of the Lord where we eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood. Most only partake of one feast. But there's seven feasts and sevens for perfection, for the perfecting of the saints. Therefore, in the three seasons, the three seasons are Passover, Feast of Weeks or Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Those are the three seasons. But under the three seasons, we have seven feasts. Under that Feast of Passover, we have Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of First Fruits, the Death, Burial, Resurrection of Jesus. Christ, our Passover sacrifice for us. He laid in the tomb three days, and there declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. And that is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Why unleavened? There was no sin. He was a sinless, spotless, blameless Lamb of God. Then on the third day, he was resurrected. That is the first fruits. He's the first begotten from the dead, that he had the preeminence in all things. That's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. How do we get into it? Well, that's the feast of Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. How do we get into that? Passover, what first is repentance. But that's not all. Most of the fundamental churches say that and tell you that only is repentance is necessary for salvation. It is part, but it's certainly not salvation. Godly sorrow work with repentance not to be repented of, but godly sorrow work with repentance unto salvation. It's not salvation, but unto salvation. As we've seen in Acts the 19th chapter, Paul came upon certain brethren, 
Alex, Apollos, a silver tongue orator of Alexandria had been through there preaching the baptism of John. That is the, the baptism of repentance. But you'll find that Paul asked him, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Paul asked him, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, sirs, we don't know there be any Holy Ghost. We don't know what you're talking about. Paul went on and said, then what were you baptized? They said unto John's baptism, that baptism of repentance. Paul tells them, well, John truly did baptize with water unto repentance, saying that they should look on him that should come after him. Then he preached Jesus Christ. Then when they heard that, they were baptized in the name of, of Jesus Christ, not Father, Son, Holy Ghost, because that is not the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They're born of the water. Now Paul lays hands on them and they receive the Holy Ghost. And they spake in tongues and prophesied. Now they're born of the water and the Spirit. Now they have partaking of four feasts. Number one, the feast in that season of Passover is Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. What is that? Repentance. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, race of the newness of life, born of the water. Then you go to the next season, which is the Feast of Weeks, numbering seven weeks after first fruits and on the morrow. That is 50 days. And that is uh, the Holy Ghost is given. That is Pentecost. We call itself Pentecostal because we have received the Holy Ghost with the outward evidence of speaking in other tongues. If you have repented and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ in the likeness of his death, raised in the newness of life, born of the water, and received the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit, you have partaken of four feasts of the Lord, eating the flesh of the Son of Man and drinking his blood. What we're focusing on now is the present truth in the Feast of Trumpets, the Rosh Hashanah. It's under the season of Tabernacles, that third season. And in that Feast of Trumpets uh, is the ministry voice of Jesus, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm in my holy mountain, cry, alas, alas, for the day. The day, day of the Lord cometh. As a destruction from the Almighty, so shall it come. It's a day of darkness, a day of gross darkness upon the people. We find that in Joel too. But this, before the coming, before that day of the Lord, he said, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And remember my servant Moses. Why? Because these are going to be on the Mount of Transfiguration in the mountain apart where Jesus is transfigured before only three Peter, James, and John. Here we find James and John, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of Thunder, Boragenes. Why? Because they will be there along with Peter, who is and has the keys to the kingdom, with James and John, and as they just a remnant, not all 12, but only the remnant. There upon that Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus is transfigured before them. We see just as it's written in Malachi 4, remember my servant Moses, Moses is there. And then they see Elijah, just as we see in Malachi 4. Remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. He'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Now we need to know what the fathers are and what the children are. Well, John in his epistle tells us that. First John 2 
12-14 says, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake and you've known the Father. Well, certainly that is born of the water and the Spirit and you know that Jesus is the Father. Those are little children. They have obeyed Acts 2.38 and know that he is the Father of glory. Jesus said, you see me, you've seen the Father. But now we're going to overcomers. The overcomers I write into you, young men, because you've overcome uh, the wicked one and the word of God is strong in you. Well, little children have gone to overcomers, but then there's one more step, the fathers. I write unto you fathers because you've known him that's from the beginning. Who's that him that's from the beginning? In the beginning was the word, the word with God, the word was God, the same as in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was anything made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. True light, the light of every man that comes into the world. This is the revelation that's given to the fathers. It is knowing those things that are coming upon the earth to try the earth. It is the revelation of Jesus that God gave unto John to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. He sent and signified it, sealed it, signified it, engraved it as an engraver and to his servant, John. There he said, it's through the servants of God. Well, now we have little children. They're being born again and knowing that he is the father all the way through overcomers to fathers. They know the work of the ministry. They've grown up in him in all things, not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. It will turn the hearts of the fathers, knowing all this to the children, the children to the fathers. Why? That all that come unto perfection. And that's the reason why in Matthew 17 on the Mount of Transfiguration, they said, why do the disciples of John, John the Baptist, say that Elijah must first come? Jesus said, Elijah must first come and restore all things. That how is he going to restore all things? It's the ministry voice of Jesus. That restoration, we find in Acts 3 that Jesus the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things, not some things, not partial truth, all truth, the restoration of all things, the restitution of all things. Well, what are those things? To showing to his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Revelation 1 verse 1. What are the things? Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. This is the faith that was once delivered to the saints. It's called the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy and understanding the things and the words of the book of this prophecy. The words are the spoken seven thunders and their voices. John was about to write. That's what the seven thunders, the sons of Boragenes, the seven perfected glory, the final voice of God in the work of the ministry unto perfection. And the Lord says, write it not. And then he said, take the little book out of the angel's hand. Nobody's going to give it to you. The kingdom of, kingdom of God suffers violence, a violent take it by force. Nobody's going to give it to you. You've got to earnestly seek and diligently seek the Lord your God in order to take that little book. You'll find that it'll be sweet to your mouth as honey and bitter to your belly. You'll find that in Ezekiel 2 and Ezekiel 3. In Ezekiel 2, he took the roll of the book. And when he ate it, it was in his belly, a lamentation, mourning, and woe, sufferings. 
great sorrows upon mankind, darkness. But there in Ezekiel 3, he ate it, and it was sweet to his mouth as honey, revelation of the word. And that voice, he said, that will be the voice of a host. That voice is what we're talking about now and what it is and what it means and the work of the ministry carrying out the voice of God to the earth that will literally shake all things. How's it and how do we know it'll shake all things? Because there's a sifting going on among the nations, Amos 9, 9, and not the least grain will fall to the ground, Amos 9, 10. But I'll destroy all the sinners of my people, the church, by the sword that say no evil shall prevent nor overtake us. No trouble, no tribulation shall prevent nor overtake us. No birth pains will hit and overtake us. Not any great tribulation. We'll be out of here. We will not have any trouble. We will have no birth pains. And yet we find the church right now, if you're in that church, you're going through birth pains now. Why? Because there's a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and moon under her feet, upon her head a crown of 12 stars. She cried, travailing in pain, to birth a man-child. That man-child is what we're talking about in the ministry voice of Jesus. Let's take a look in Revelation 1, what he said. John said, I'm John, I am your brother and companion in tribulation. That's Revelation 1, 9 and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. And in the isle that is called Patmos, why? For the word of God, underline it, and for the testimony of Jesus Christ, which is the spirit of prophecy, Revelation 19.10. Now, where is John? That beloved disciple that did not die a mortar's death because he's going to be a type of those that we should not all sleep, but it's all be changed in a moment of twinkle and eye at the last trump. And John will be the ministry voice that will go through and preach and prophesy again before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings in Revelation 10. How will he get it? Through the word of God. Through that word of that little book. Through that word, which is that Bibion, the Bibliorridium, which is the word of God that God has compacted to where we can't eat all of it. Not partial truth, but all truth. And John took the book and ate it. Just as it was written in Ezekiel 2 and Ezekiel 3, it was sweet to his mouth as honey and bitter to his belly. Then he was told, John, you must again prophesy preach, proclamate, promulgate this gospel to all nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. That won't be John resurrected from the dead, but that is the word, the voice, the voice that he heard, the voice of those thunders, the mighty voice of the almighty God declared by his word for those that have an ear to hear. You'll see here that John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard. What is he hearing? The voice. He heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Why? Because this is the feast of trumpets. This is the ministry voice of Jesus. This is the fifth, the fifth feast of the Lord, the feast of trumpets. It is a voice as of a trumpet. 
You'll see that voice as a trumpet is a door open in heaven. That door has to be open to you. That door that Jesus is knocking at your door. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice, we have to hear the voice. And open the door. That's the door of your heart. I will come into sup with him and he with me. In Revelation 4 verse 1, we find John saying, there was a door open to me in heaven. He goes through it. He heard a voice as of a trumpet talking with him. That's the ministry voice saying, come up hither. Come up higher than Pentecost. And I will show you things, things of the feast of tabernacles, the feast of trumpets, the feast of sevens, the feast of gathering, the whole work of the ministry in the consummation of all things. I'll show it to you, John. The voice of the Almighty, the voice of a trumpet talking with me saying, come up hither and I will show you things. This faith that was once delivered to the saints, that testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy, I'll show it to you, John. And he, and he did. And he had visions for God. And we're going to go through that and uh, intricately, diligently go from one seal, trumpets, and vials to see the voice of the Lord God shaking the earth and not the least grain falling to the ground, but it's going to separate the righteous from the wicked, the holy from the profane, those that serve God versus those that do not serve God. And notice that when he heard that voice behind him, the voice of a trumpet, the voice of a trumpet. And he said, who is this voice? I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm the Aloftav. I'm the eight of the sea. I'm the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book. This book, the Bibliorinian, the, the little book. And send it into the seven churches which are in Asia. Why? Because it is the Feast of Sevens, the Feast of Consummation, the Feast of All Feasts, the Feast of Prophecy. This is the Feast of All Feasts. This is a Feast of Charity, that these can be spots in your Feast of Charity, Peter said. And he said, send them to Ephesus, Smyrna, Perkins, Thyatira, and there is Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice. We have to turn. Can't stay straight because it's behind. It's further. We're going one way. We've got to make a complete turn. Make a 180. Not just a 90. Got to make a full turn. You go from the old wine to the new. You got to be the wise, uh, the wise virgins. Those wise virgins had oil for their lamp. Here's the oil. The five foolish virgins, they're virgins. They're in the church, but they don't have enough oil for their lamb. But the midnight is coming, the midnight hour. It's in the night visions that these four winds are coming to hurt the earth, the land, and the trees. Before that, we must be sealed by receiving the voice. We see that John turned Turn to see. That's revelation. Somebody you can't see a voice. Turn to see a voice. How can you see a voice? The voice is spiritual. Thy word is spirit. Thy word is life. But he turned to see that voice that spake with me, John said. And he's revealing it to the servants of God. 
and only the servants will be sealed. If we do not receive this word and holler the word Pentecostal and hold on to the former reign and do not go from that fourth feast unto the fifth, sixth, and seventh feast of the Lord, we will count ourselves unworthy of eternal life. Because with Jesus, it's all or nothing. We have to be overcomers. We have to go from the little children knowing that Jesus is the Father, that we've been forgiven of our sins, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, receive the Holy Ghost, born of the water and the Spirit, know that He is the Father, your little children. But we've got to come to overcomers. That's the reason Revelation 2nd chapter and Revelation the 3rd chapter speaks of that receiving this voice. Because He said to him that overcometh will I grant thee to the tree of life in the midst of the garden of God. Then I will give to him to eat of the hidden manna. I will give him a white stone wherein is a new neighbor that only he knows that received. I'll make him a pillar in the temple of my, of my God and write upon him my new name. What new name? A new revelation of the name of Jesus in a higher glory than Pentecost. How do we receive it? By receiving, turning, and seeing and hearing and obeying in obedience to this voice. Blessed is he to keep the words and the sayings of this book of prophecy. We must turn to see that voice, just as John did. And when he did, that's the Alpha and the Omega. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, I turned to see that voice that spake with me, and being turned, he saw immediately, not the Lord, he saw seven golden candlesticks. Seven candlesticks, yes, golden. Why? Because gold is the glory of God. It's a higher glory. This is not Shabbat. This is not Pentecost. This is Sukkoth. This is uh, the Feast of Booths, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of uh, that ministry voice of Jesus, the Feast of Sevens, the Feast of Prophecy. This is the Testimony. And when he turned, he saw seven golden candlesticks. Why? Because the ministry voice of Jesus will be through the candlestick, which is the church. The church of the living God will be and carry the voice of the Lord God Almighty as a voice of a host, the Lord of Saboath, the Lord of hosts. And see what he says. Then in the midst of that, now let's take a look at it. We got Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira. Then we have Philadelphia, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. That is a wheel. And in the midst of that wheel, one like the Son of Man. So in that Ephesus, Smyrna, uh, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea is the wheel. There's a wheel. Jesus, the aloft to the top, the alpha to the omega, one like the Son of Man. In the midst of that wheel, the church. It's uh, wheels. And it was cried in my hearing, Ezekiel said, to the wheels, O wheel. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. We'll have one mind, speak all the same thing in one accord. Not in Pentecost, but in tabernacles, in the ministry voice of Jesus to those that have an ear for the present truth. And he says, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot. Why? It's a change of garment. It's a Zechariah 3, Joshua the son of Josedek, and everyone called by that name, Joshua, the Hebrew name of Jesus, of which we are all called, taking on that holy name, that holy name by which we are all called, 
be baptized and taken on his name. So he's been baptized into Christ, has put on Christ. And we're clothed with that garment down to the foot. And a garment down to the foot and girt about the paps, not with a breastplate of judgment, but with a golden girdle. That's the glory. That's the glory the church is coming into now, not as overcomers, but as fathers. That's the reason it's a golden girdle. We find his head. Who's the head? Jesus is the head. And we are the body of the Christ. He is the head of the church, which is his body. His head was his, and his hairs were like white, like wool, as white as snow. Now, snow, hail, fire, God conforming his word in the last days, Psalm 149. We'll see what this is in the book of Job in a minute. And his eyes, Urim, were as a flame of fire, at fires of the Holy Ghost, friend. That Urim is fire, brightness the lights and to me is perfections this is for the perfecting of the saints and his feet were like a defined brass brass there is judgment as if it burned in a furnace why because we'll be a brand plucked out of a fire we're coming out of the burning fiery furnace and his voice works we're there on the voice the voice of the Lord God Almighty. That is the word of God, not in Logos, but Rhema, the sword of the spirit. Your loins girt about with truth. That's Logos. Taking the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God's Rhema. That is your sword in your hand, saints of God. As a sound of many waters. What's the many waters? That's the truth of the Lord God. For out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost which was not yet given, yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. He had in his right hand seven stars. The seven stars of the angels of the churches, which are the Pleiades, the seven sisters. Speaking of uh, the ones, not just a pastor or an overseer of the flock, but one that has gone higher with the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. They are the two anointed ones that empty out of themselves the golden oil into the bowls that will feed the church. Zechariah 4. And we will get into this in the intricate details of you, the body of Christ, that will be used in this work of the ministry that we see in Ephesians 4, what you are called for. And he said, In that right hand, seven stars out of his and out of his mouth. That's the pay, the mouth of God, went a sharp two-edged sword. What comes out of that mouth? The word of God. What is that sharp two-edged sword? And his countenance was as a sun shineth in his strength. Notice a woman in Revelation 12 is clothed with this sun. That's the word of God, friend. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Why? Reckon yourself dead unto sin, but alive unto God. And he said, and, and, he, and he laid his right hand upon me, why? Because we're about to sit together in heavenly place, saying to me, Fear not, I'm the first and the last. I'm he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Write the, this is the graphy. Write the things which thou hast seen. And the things, what? This is what he's revealing to us in faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Write these things to show unto the servants things which are, 
and the things which shall be after is, was, and will be the mystery of the seven stars which I saw at the right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. Somebody says, is that an angel? Is that Gabriel? Is that Michael? No. Those angels are the angelos. Those are ones that are sent ones. But to be sent, we have to receive the word. They're not just the general church in uh, that we see today. It's the ones uh, that are going from Pentecost into the ministry voice of Jesus in Tabernacles. Not Pentecostals, Tabernacles. They receive the higher glory. They have the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. And they're the ones that's going to lead the church in that ministry voice of Jesus. And these are the angels of the seven churches, which are the Pleiades that we're going to see in Job in a few minutes. It is the word. It is the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the seven candlesticks, which I saw us, are the seven churches. Well, why seven angels of the seven churches? Because they will be the ministry voice of Jesus, declaring his word to all the world, for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. If you will turn with me to the book of Job. And in Job, we're going to find that we have the accusers of Job, his friends. But we're going to see a young man named Elihu. Elihu is going to be a young man, but we see that the three friends of Job, that uh, Eliphaz and uh, uh there did not speak the things that were right. Therefore, Elihu speaks those things, saying uh, that, see, their men ceased to answer Job because he was righteous in his old eyes. Therefore, kindled the wrath of Elihu. Now, we're going to see Elihu is, he is my God. You're going to see that God does not rebuke or say that Elihu is wrong. He's speaking in the stead of God. He is the son of Barakel that God blesses or God has blessed. As we see, he's going to say about his voice. Also against the three friends was his wrath kindled because they had found no answer. The answer to Job's tribulation and persecution. Why will the church go through tribulation and persecution in the latter days? Which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that we might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God that our faith groweth exceedingly and the charity of every one of you abounded one toward another. We're bound to thank God for you. Why the tribulation? Job means uh, uh, trouble, tribulation. Well, he's taking Elihu is going to give his voice on this, and for that sake of time, go to Job 34, and Elihu says, hear my words. Here's his voice. O ye wise men, and give you ear to me, you that have knowledge, for the ear, not your ears, ear, that's the ear to your spirit. The ear trieth words as the mouth trieth meat. He's talking about if any man have an ear to hear. Not ears. That's to your intellect. But in your spirit you have an ear. A spiritual ear. And if thine eye be single. Not eyes. If thine eye be single. That's the eye to the spirit. The whole body's full of light. But if thine eye be darkness. How great is that darkness. 
This is the ear to the spirit. Jesus said, what I, what I see the Father do, that's what I declare. Not with his natural eyes. He's talking about his uh, inward eye of the spirit in the days of his flesh. We see here that he said, as this ear trieth words, there he talks about the work of the ministry. Now, let's hear this voice. If you'll look at Job 34, verse 16. If now thou hast understanding, hear this, hearken to the voice, the voice of my words. He's not just speaking words. He's speaking that voice. He's in alignment with the voice of Almighty God, that voice of the Alpha and Omega, the voice of he that is, was, and is to come, the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. That voice, and he says, shall even he that hateth right govern? And wilt thou condemn him that is most just? Is it fit to say to a king, thou art wicked, and to princes, you are ungodly? How much less to him that accepteth the persons of the princes, nor regardeth the rich more than the poor? For they are all the work of his hands. Now we're going to talk about the night here. He's going to lead us into the night. In a moment shall they die. And the people shall be troubled at midnight. This is the midnight cry in the voice of a multitude, the voice of a host, the voice of one that we have to turn to see. And at that trouble, tribulation at midnight and pass away and the mighty shall be taken away without a hand. This is not the day of the Lord. This is the midnight cry. This is not the morning star. This is not the day of the Lord. This is the tribulation, the great tribulation that will literally separate the righteous from the wicked, the holy from the profane. Those that have prepared and are sealed will go through it. Just as the ark of Noah was sealed when God shut the door and went through the great flood. But without God shutting that ark, it would have perished. Without God sealing his servants of God in their foreheads, so will they perish. We must have that sealing of the servants of God in their forehead. Why? By the word of God, sealed by the Holy Ghost. After you've received the word, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. You have said to your seal that God is true, that you have received that testimony, which is the spirit of prophecy. He says there, he goes on, his eyes are upon the ways of man, the eyes of God that runneth to and fro in the earth. He seeth all his goings. There is no darkness nor shadow of death where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. What's iniquity? Iniquity is lawlessness, not being led of the Spirit of God. Depart from me, you that are working iniquity. Well, those were believers. They called him Lord, Lord. No man could call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost, but in Matthew 7, because they were little children, they knew that Jesus is the Father of glory. But they did not make that next glory of young men. 1 John 2, 12-14 says, I write in you, young men. Because the word of God is strong in you. You've got to have that word. Your loins girt about with truth. That's the Logos. And above all, taking the shield of faith where he puts all the fiery darts of Satan. And then taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. That's the rhema. 
That is the ministry voice of Jesus. It's the Logos now in action through the body of Christ. It has to be through, revealed in, through the body of Christ. Jesus Christ is coming to flesh. And that's what we're talking about here. He says, it is, he will not lay upon man more than what is right, that he should enter into judgment with God. He shall break in pieces mighty men without number and set others in their stead. Why? Because they're hired harling. Because they took the overseer of the flock of God and did not feed them. Therefore, he said, Jeremiah 33, I'm against you pastors that share my sheep and have not fed them. Therefore, look at verse 25, Job 34, 25. Therefore, he knoweth their works. And this is that Sardius church that I have not found your works perfect. I know your works. And he overturneth them in the night. And well, everybody thinks they're getting away with it now because this final sealing hasn't happened yet. God's preparing it now. And so that they are destroyed. He striketh them as wicked men in the open sight of others because they turned back from him and would not consider any of his ways. So they, they cause the cry of the poor to come unto him, and he heareth the cry of the afflicted. When he giveth quietness, who then maketh trouble? Who can make trouble? When he hideth his face, what's the face of God? God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. When he hides it, then it's to our shame. And he says, then who can behold him? If God hides his face, who can behold him? Whether it be done against a nation or against a man only. Then he says that the hypocrite reign not, lest the people be ensnared. Surely as meat to be said unto God, I have borne chastisement. I will not offend any more. That which I see not, teach thou me. I have done iniquity, I will do it no more. This is the voice. Now let's go to, it, it goes on, teaches the teaching and instruction in the things of God in the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. Go to Job 37. And this also my heart trembleth and is moved out of his place. Hear attentively the noise of his voice. That noise of his voice is the thunder. It's the shaking. It's not just the voice. It's a voice that shakes the world. It shakes the nations. A shaking going on among the nations and not the least grain fall to the ground. This is your sixth seal we see coming where it, the, a fig tree is shaking uh, of a t- untimely of that wind and the untimely figs fall into the mouth of the spoiler. Untimely figs, yeah. We didn't come on to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We stayed back in Pentecost. We stayed with the old store, the old wine, and we didn't go on drinking the new wine that was cut off from our mouth because we were drunkards. We were asleep. Awake, oh, how you ministers of my God, that wake thou that drunkest wine because the new wine's cut off from you. The new thing is cut off from you. He said there, it's the noise of his voice and the sound that goeth out of his mouth. What is it? He said he directeth it under the whole heaven. 
and his lightning unto the ends of the earth. He's shaking not only the earth, but also heaven. This is the last day move of God in and through the body of Christ in the revealing of Jesus as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. After it, a voice roareth. He thundereth with the voice of his excellency. Excellency? Well, that's the Lord. Yes, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency might be the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. What is this excellency? It's the excellency of his power. We're standing in the power of his might. This is the ministry voice of Jesus, what we are receiving now so that we may be sealed in our foreheads, having the mind of Christ. After it, a voice roareth. He thundereth with the voice of his excellency. He will not stay them when his voice is heard. In other words, when his voice is heard, it is required. God thundereth marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he, which we cannot comprehend. You see, God has put the spirit of the world in their hearts that they will not know nor consider the work of God from the beginning to the end, Ecclesiastes tells us. What is that work? The work of the ministry. Now, he's given us a five-fold, a five-fold ministry. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. That's the sevens. Perfection, the perfect number of God. We can call that a book of sevens. Seven angels to the seven churches, seven seals, trumpets, vials, seven spirits before the throne of God, etc., etc., sevens all the way through it. Because it's perfection before the Lord comes, that we all might be presented blameless at his coming, both spirit, soul, and body, under perfection, a bride that is without spot or blemish. Then he said, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, this is the work, the work of the ministry that we must be accounted worthy of and obtain it. Paul said, I'm not perfect yet, neither have I already obtained. But I'm reaching forth to those things which are before John's given us those things. Faith is the substance of these things. To reveal to his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Write these things in a book, the book of the prophecy. The things which is and which will be. And put it in a book, John. And it's will call the book of this prophecy. What will be revealed in the latter days. That I will try them. And either ones will either come forth unto perfection or they will fall out and say it's not God. We find here that voice to that work of the ministry, that work of the ministry that God is preparing us for right now through this word of God, that we might be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which we suffer. That from that work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come into unity of the faith, every denomination, over 32,000 denominations in the world today but there will only be one, one body of Christ that comes forth in the way, truth, and the life. Why? Because of uh, this voice. This voice will not be speaking 50,000 different things uh, for 50,000 different denominations and certainly, certainly not to over the, 
There's 32,000 denominations on the face of this earth. My goodness. There's only one way, one truth, one life. And God's given his voice to bring us all into one. This is a mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world. In Ephesians 1, to gather all things together in one, in Christ Jesus. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. We must be in one mind, one spirit with the Lord Jesus Christ in obedience to his word, speaking the same things in obedience to that word. That is the rhema. That is the ministry voice of Jesus that will be published into all the world, proclamated, preached into all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. That's for the unity of that faith. We all coming into one. There won't be different denominations. Unto the knowledge of the Son of God. Somebody said, well, I already know him. I don't know him after the flesh, but I don't know him after the Spirit. I've got the Holy Ghost. Well, that's good. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about that Knowledge is epigonosco, not gonosco. Gonosco is, we know him after the spirit, not after the flesh. We got the Holy Ghost. We've got that Holy Spirit in us. Some of you like to call it the Holy Spirit. We like to call it the Holy Ghost because it denotes the blood, Acts 20, 28. Take heed yourselves of all the flock of which the Holy Ghost has made you overseas to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Holy Ghost denotes that blood, Acts 20, 28. Well, it's the same spirit. There's only one spirit of God. Holy Ghost is that spirit. It's the power office of the Spirit of God. Now, under that knowledge of the Son of God is epigonosco. It means that you're coming to the exact image of Jesus Christ. Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. Under perfection. Those are the ones that he's going to use in this ministry voice. Those are the ones that's going to be sealed. And those are the ones that's going to preach this everlasting gospel to all the world for witness in all nations. This voice here is that same voice that Elihu is saying that of the Lord God to show Job, which is our example of suffering tribulation and persecution. Consider my servant Job. There's three righteous men in the Old Testament. Though Noah, Daniel, and Job stood before me, yet God said I could not be toward the generation of the people of my wrath. They would only save their own selves not their household. When you see this voice, that voice, God thundereth marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he which can, we cannot understand. The world can't understand it, but it's revealed by the Spirit. This says, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man, that natural man. He can't understand it. But it's revealed by the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Somebody said, I don't want to go deep. You have to go deep, my friend. Because those, I liken him to a wise man that dig deep and founded a rock. That rock is Christ. There's the work of the ministry. And he built his house upon that rock. He's building that rock, that, that revelation of Christ. He's taken that revelation of Jesus Christ, that everything that he builds on, is that rock. And in the last days in Deuteronomy 32, God will separate the ones that are in Christ against the ones that have a false rock, their rock not being our rock, a little R-O-C-K versus a capital R-O-C-K. You've got to have, we've got to have that revelation. Great things doeth he, for he saith to the snow, 
Now, pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Well, what is winter? It's coming out of the north. What's the south wind? Well, wake on north wind, come down south, blow up on my garden. The north wind, Babylon, Assyria, all the kingdoms of the north is where the snow comes from. That's winter time. It's a time of trouble. Pray that your flight be not in the winter, for then is a time of snow. Neither on the Sabbath day. Why? For then shall be a time of great tribulation. That's Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. Job is seeing it here. Elihu telling it to the three friends of Job that have spoken the things that are not right. There he saith to the snow, be thou on the earth, be that tribulation on the earth. Likewise, to the small rain, that's that former rain in Acts of second chapter, and to the great rain of his strength. That's the latter rain. That latter rain that we're going to in the last days, in the last great rain of his strength. That is in tabernacles, not Pentecost. It's the latter rain of the Holy Ghost. The great rain of his strength, not only for corn harvest in Pentecost of wheat and barley, but fruit harvest of oil and wine and bring us into the Melchizedek, kings and priests where we will rule with, rule with our Lord 1,000 years in the earth. He sealeth up the hand of every man. Notice that sealing there, secreted, frigidzo. It literally him, the son of man, him hath God the Father sealed, secreted. And he sealeth up the, the hand of every man. Why? That all men may know his work. It's not man's hand. A natural man can't receive this. Only through the Spirit of God. When the beast go into dens and remain in their places. What beast? Well, we've got lion, ox, eagle. We have the beast of the field. But then we also are going to have leopards. We're going to have that that, that uh, leopard and and that uh, ribs that he will eat there, the media Persian, that type that will be against the things of God, that great red dragon, that was Satan the scorpion. Out, look at that verse nine. Out of the south cometh the whirlwind. That's that warm whirlwind by which that garden grows. And cold out of the north. Awake north wind and come thou south. Blow upon my garden. It takes both of them. That my beloved can come into his garden and eat his pleasant fruits. By the breath of God, frost is given. And the breath of the waters are straightened. The whole breath the width of the waters are straightened. And that straightened is not straight. It is narrowed. The waters of truth, the narrow way. And the closer we get to the end, straight is the gate, narrow the way, and it become more narrow as we come into perfection. Also, by watering, he weareth the thick cloud. He scattereth his bright clouds. Somebody says the clouds. Well, there's a balancing of the clouds. When you see clouds, it can be the clouds uh, of tribulation and persecution. But it will bring rain. But there's a cloud of the Shekinah of his glory. 
So there's a balancing of the clouds, a balancing of the cloud and tribulation. The more tribulation you go through in the trouble and persecution for the name of Jesus is a more glory that's going to be revealed in you. There's a balancing of those clouds. And he says, and it is turned round about by his counsels that they may do whatsoever he commandeth them upon the face of the earth and the world in the earth. He says, I called it to rain upon one city and withheld that rain on another. And still they would not turn unto me, God said. God said, I have my way in the wind and in the whirlwind. I kill, I make alive, I the Lord do all these things. That Lord is the one that, that wounds and heals. He smites us. He literally wounds us and he heals us. The chastening of God. The rod of God upon us in a chastening, and he may be without chastening. Then he earned, he's not sons, but bastards. Now, no chastening seemeth to be joyous, seemeth to be, uh, but afterward yields us the principal fruits of righteousness. That's the only way we get it. He causes it to come, whether for correction, or for his land, or for mercy. Hearken to this, O Job. Stand still and consider the wonderful works of God. This is the work of the ministry. The work of God in the last day, the work of the ministry, which God has called each of you in the body of Christ, called by the name of Jesus to work in these last days. He says now, dost thou know when God disposed them? and cause the light of his cloud to shine, the light of his glory? Dost thou know the balancing of the clouds? Do you know that the persecution you're going through is a balancing of those clouds? The wondrous works of him that is perfect in knowledge, that you know the balancings of those clouds? God says, the more I put you through, there's no temptation taking you, so just call it a man. But God will with the temptation Make a way to bear it, a way to escape. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. But there's a balancing of the clouds. That trouble and persecution you go through, and you're wondering, oh my God, why? It's so that he can give you the glory. For if you suffer with him, you will reign with him. You're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his name's sake. Paul put a trouble on every side, but not in strength, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted for not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Why? Job is telling us why. Consider Job. James tells us, consider Job as an, as an example of long suffering. That you also know the balancing of the clouds. The more persecution and that you go through, for we which live are always delivered unto death that the life of our Lord Jesus was made manifest in our mortal bodies. For we which live are always delivered unto death. There's the cross. That the life of our Lord Jesus may be made manifest in our mortal bodies and our light affliction, which is only but for a moment, yieldeth for us, what? A more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The glory is the balancing of the clouds. Persecution, glory. God balances it. And that's what he's telling Job. And he said, how the garments, how thy garments are warm when he quieteth the earth by the south wind, that warm wind. It blows upon the garden. Has 
Hast thou with him spread out the sky, which is strong and as a molten looking glass? Teach us what we shall say unto him, for we cannot order our speech by reason of darkness. Now, we'll see the next verse there. Shall it be told him that I speak? If a man speak, surely it shall be swallowed up. And now men see not the bright light which is in the clouds, but the wind passes, that the wind bloweth whithersoever it listeth, and we hear the sound thereof, but we know not whither it goes. So is every one that is born of the Spirit of God. That wind passes and cleanses them. That wind of the Holy Ghost. God blowing upon us. That wind as a rushing mighty wind. Fair weather cometh out of the north with God is terrible majesty. There's a north wind and south wind in Canticles of Song of Solomon 4. There we're going to see this work of the morning stars. We're going to see the Pleiades, uh, the seven stars, the seven angels to the seven churches. We see that in Job 38. Then we're going to Revelation. If you'll see in the treasures, in Job 38, Verse 19, where is the way that light, where is the way that light dwelleth? It didn't say the place, it said the way. That way is always dynamic, moving, going higher in glory. Woe be to them that are at ease in Zion. For him, we have to stir ourselves up. The light is a way and it's always moving. Now, natural light's 186,212 miles a second. That's pretty fast. God's light is eternal. It is forever. It is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. And he's letting us see this light. And as for darkness, where's the place thereof? That thou shouldest take it to the bound thereof, and thou shouldest know the path to the house thereof. Now, this is the Lord speaking. This is not Elihu. And he says, knowest thou it? Because thou wast born, and because the number of thy days is great, Job. Hast thou entered into the treasures of snow? Now, this is the priest's treasures. Those that come into this word in the last day will eat those treasures of God. In him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. They will eat the pleasant fruits there in Jesus Christ, eating his flesh and drinking his blood. These are the ones that will eat of the hidden manna of Pergamos, the him that overcometh. And I will give him a white stone, wherein is a new name written. I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. A pillar? Yes, that Boaz and Yaquim. He will make a pillar in the temple and write upon him the name of that new Jerusalem. We have to overcome. We have to receive this word. In that treasure there's snow. Where is that? That's tribulation. That's the winter. Pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the seven. What flight? There's two wings of an eagle given to the woman, the church, where she flies into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared of God, not of us, of God, where she's nourished from the face of the serpent. What is that? That face of the serpent is that glory of the darkness of this world. It's pleasures of sin for a season. It's knocking the brothers and other people and Christians and God so you can get yourself a name and be big pastor or big preacher. 
hired harlings. Not counting the world and the and the love of the world and and the pride of life and the lust of the flesh. And the world passes away, and so with the lust thereof. But whosoever doeth will of God shall abide forever. The snow is in that great tribulation. It's in the winter. Hast thou seen the treasures of the hail? Hail, fire, and brimstone. These are signs in the heavens that God will do. We'll get on that in the next podcast. This Jacinth, breastplate of Jacinth, that of uh, that that army that comes out of the bottomless pit in the fifth trumpet. This breastplate up on the enemy. We'll see that God said, I have reserved against the time of trouble. A time of tribulation. A time of great tribulation. Against the day of battle and war. That day of the, of the battle of the war, it will end in the day of the Lord God Almighty. With the wicked being ashes and under the righteous feet. This is the way. This is the work of the ministry this is, you come on down to verse 32, canst thou bind the sweet influences of Pleiades or loose the bands of Orion, the lion tamer, the lion slayer. We're not going to get into the Maseroth when you take all the ordinances of heaven, the ordinances of heaven and place them in the earth. The kingdoms of this world becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, making the heavens bow down to the earth. Pleiades are the seven stars, the seven sisters to the seven churches, the seven candlesticks. This is the work of putting the Maseroth or the ordinances of heaven in the earth. Let's go to Revelation. In the Revelation, we see that we're going to have a trumpet talking with John saying, come up hither. There's that voice, the voice of a trumpet saying, come up hither and I will show you things which will come to pass hereafter. This is not preterism. This is not uh, historist. This is uh, things that will come to pass before the second advent of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, when that door was open to me. I heard a voice as of a trumpet talking with me. Are you hearing the trumpet voice? Listen, I want you, if you will, take a look at Daniel very quickly in Daniel 3. And you're going to see in Daniel 3, there's going to be several instruments there. Daniel 3, verse 5, verse 10, and verse 15. You're going to see that there will be no trumpet in Babylonian churches. Babylonian churches cannot put the trumpet in there because it'll blow the snakes out. A snake can't be charmed by a trumpet because that clarion blast of the trumpet will run all the snakes out because it penetrates the heart. But they have something close, a cornet. Doesn't hit the shrill sound of that piercing of the heart of the spirit of the trumpet. This is the voice of a trumpet. The alarm of war. How long will you make me hear the sound of the trumpet and of this war? Fighting a good fight of faith. 
in his war. Enduring hardship is a good soldier in this warfare. Look at verse 5, 10, and 15 mentioned three times that in Babylon you're going to have a cornet. Notice it's, it's like a trumpet, but it won't hit the piercing highs, the clarion sound of a trumpet, and cut through the spirit of that heart. That heart, that spirit. The cornet, the flute, now it's getting a little more nasal, a little sweeter. A harp, cornet, flute, harp, yes, a sackbutt, a psaltery, and then a dulcimer. There's six instruments. It's mentioned again in verse 10. It's mentioned again in verse 15. And everyone that hears the sound in that church of a cornet, flute, harp, sackbolt, psaltery, and dulcimer. The dulcimer, it'll charm a snake. It'll sit there and dance to it. The snake's right in there that tears along with the wheat. But you let a trumpet voice of Jesus come into that congregation and watch the snake spread. But the true wheat of God will hear the voice of the Lord. Who will hear that voice now? Who will hear for the time to come? That's what we're talking about here. Well, this is the voice of a trumpet. It's not a cornet. It's not a flute, a harp, sackbook, psaltery, dulcimer. It is a trumpet. It's the real voice of Jesus. And even the wicked know when it's the true voice and trumpet of God. They'll say, well, I know I'm not doing right. But I know they're not right either. Why? Because they know it's not, They know that it's a false sound. It's a, it is a cornet, uh, flute, harp, sackbook, psaltery, dulcimer. They know that it's not the sound of a trumpet. What does he see? He sees four and 20 seats, but we're going to focus on the four and 20 seats are where we're seated together in heavenly places. 24 is the number of the priesthood. You're called for that priest. You're made to sit together in heavenly places. There's your 24 seats and 24 elders. But there was also four beasts. Those four beasts. The four beasts are the lion, man, calf, and eagle that we see in Revelation 4. He's seeing throne room Revelation. Higher than Pentecost. Pentecost, he's seeing sanctuary. He's seeing a candlestick, table of shoe bread, a golden censer, the altar of incense. But now we're going within the veil. We're going into the holiest of all. We're going into where he has sealed up the vision. We're going into the holiest of all, the most holy place. And in there we see there's four beasts. And look at verse Revelation 4, verse 7. The first beast was like a lion. The second beast like a calf. Third beast has the face of a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. The same that we see in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10. The same lion, man, and ox, and eagle. The only difference, a calf here instead of an ox. It's got to grow. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. Not four wings, six wings. Elohim status. God's, little G-O-D-S. Not that we're God. Jesus said, say ye of him whom God has sanctified and said to the world that I, that I blaspheme because I say I'm the son of God. I'm God manifest in the flesh. He is the word. That word is sanctified. 
Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. There's a word made manifest. That is God, the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. And that's a mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16. There we have those four beasts, lion, man, ox, and eagle. We're going to see in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10 that these are the cherubim. These are the two anointed ones are the servants of God in Revelation 11. They're the two olive trees. They're the two candlesticks. That's the church. We're going to see also in 1 Kings 6.23 that these cherubims are made of olive trees, which are the two olive trees, are the two witnesses, the two servants of God. I give power to my two servants. And these are the two olive trees, the two candlesticks. We know the candlesticks at churches, but they'll tell you the olive trees is are the angels. No, they're not. Are the two witnesses, that's Moses and Elijah, two men that are walking on the face of the earth. No, they're not. It's in the spirit of Jesus Christ. It's not Moses. Moses didn't do those judgment miracles upon Egypt. We find that in Matthew 17. They saw Moses. They saw Elijah. Peter, James, and John saw Jesus transfigured before them. But Peter said, Lord, let us build here three Sukkot, not Shabbat, not Pentecost, three booths, three Sukkot, three tabernacles. We're in a season of tabernacles. We're in the ministry voice of Jesus. But he's only taking a remnant in there. Why? Because only a remnant of the church are going to believe it. The remnant of our seed that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. There in Matthew 7, 17, there Jesus is seen transfigured. Peter, James, and John. And Peter says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Let us build three booths, three sukkahs, three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he wist not what he said. He didn't know why he said it. It was not Moses doing those judgment miracles on Egypt. It was not Elijah doing those kingdom miracles, causing out the rain and the raising of the dead. It was Jesus. And that's the reason why, whenever they woke, they saw Jesus only. This is a Jesus-only doctrine of Christ. They saw Jesus only in the work of the ministry. It wasn't Moses, it's not Elijah, it is Jesus. And in that Jesus ministry, the work of the ministry, we're going to see those two witnesses, those two servants of God, who are the two olive trees, which are the cherubim of glory. We find that in Revelation 11. These four beasts in Revelation 11, I give power to my servants, my two servants, which are two olive trees. You'll see that in Revelation 11, verse 4. These, who are the two witnesses? that prophesy for a thousand, two and three score days, three and a half years, 42 months, a time, times and the binding of a time, exactly the latter end of that week. Jesus cut off in the first end of that week, three and a half years. Now, the body of Christ carrying out the other three and a half years uh, in revealing the covenant to the people. Jesus given a covenant and he's confirming the covenant with many for one week. Jesus cut off in the midst of the week, but not for himself. And who shall declare his generation? That generation should be counted for the seed as the body of Christ. 
They are the two olive trees. They are the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. This is not Pentecost. This is before the God. This is before the throne room. This is the one man child cut up to God to his throne of Revelation 12. There we're going to see the lion, man, ox, and eagle. Who's the two olive trees? You're going to see that in 1 Kings 6.23. As you turn there, you see that there is the two olive trees and in verse 23, 1 Kings 6.23. And within the oracle, that's not outside in the sanctuary, in the holy place, where we've been for over 2,000 years, two days. And within the oracle, he made two cherubim of olive tree with each 10 cubits high. Five cubits was the one of the cherubim, one wing of the cherubim. Five cubits was the other wing of the cherubim. From the uttermost part of the one wing into the uttermost part of the other were 10 cubits. One cherub, 10 cubits. Five wing, one span, five on the other. Then there's another cherub on the other side of the ark or the testimony touching that wing of that cherub with five cubits and touching the other wall with his wing, overshadowing the mercy seat of Hebrews 9, 5, which now we cannot speak particularly. Why? Because Paul was in Pentecostal season. It was not lawful for him to speak that, which it is not lawful for him to speak, which we cannot now speak particularly. John saw, John saw it there. He's showing us things that must come, come to pass. He's showing us that olive trees in Revelation 11. He's showing us seals, trumpets, and vows in the judgments of God. Paul sees it. He saw a man caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body, out of the body, he could not tell. Such as one caught up to the third heaven and saw things. What things? Things that we're seeing now. That the seven thunders uttered their voices. And he was about to write. Graphy, write it. And no. You can't write it. This is coming through the word of God. That is the reason why they could not speak it. Saw things that was unlawful. The things of faith. The testimony of Jesus. The spirit of prophecy which was unlawful for a man to speak. Paul said, I'll glory in that man. For me, I won't glory. But such is one, I'll glory in. Why? Because they've come to the measure of the statue of Jesus, to that perfect man, to the perfect image of Jesus Christ. There, that is the cherubim of glory, 1 Kings 6.23. You'll find that each wheel, and in the wheels of the cherubim is where the spirit of the living creatures is. And each of the wheels was a cubit and a half. Four wheels of the four cherubim, of the four faces, and each of the wheels was a cubit and a half. A cubit and a half for one wheel, a cubit and a half for the second wheel, a cubit and a half for the third wheel, and a cubit and a half for the fourth wheel equals six cubit or one reed, which is the length of the eastern gate, which is Jesus, the door to the sheepfold. We come to the image of Jesus Christ. Those that have an ear to hear will be the ones that will preach this everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness in all nations. If you hear the voice, if you hear the voice of a trumpet talking with you, saying, come up hither, will you go higher? Or will you stay in the old store, 
saying I'm going to stay a Pentecostal and that's good enough for me. I don't want any of this new thing that God's doing. I'm going to stay with the old store, stay with one verse, Charlie, thinking I'm going to be okay. Oh, friend of mine, we have to move. Woe be to them that are these ease in Zion. I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire, Jesus said. That gold tried in the fire that we may be perfect. Clothed upon. Having a change of raiment. In Zechariah 3, as a brand plucked out of a fire. Has to be plucked out of the fire. And when it's plucked out of a fire, they saw the cherubim, those four beasts come out of Ezekiel 1 verse 5. Coming out of a fire that was unfolding itself. And it was the appearance of a man. What man is that? Jesus Christ, him, the head, we, the body of the Christ. When we see that these are not angels, we'll see that when Revelation 4, verse 6, we see round about the throne are four beasts. Verse 7, and the four beasts was like a lion, calf, man, and flying eagle calf instead of an ox because it has not grown yet. It's a man child that'll grow up into full of a calf to an ox. Same exact Ezekiel 1, Ezekiel 10, cherubim of glory. Jesus in in, uh, Genesis 3 after the fall of Adam by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. God placed cherubim, capital C, at the east end of the garden of God. That east is RMD 144 eastward. Anytime you see east in the word of God, and that is the work of the Holy Ghost. R12 squared, R144 RMD is the work of the Holy Ghost. It's east or eastward in the word of God. Eurycladon, that east wind, is that work of the Holy Ghost. And he stays the north wind and the south wind in the day of the east wind. That's the day of the Lord. Not for not to fan. That east wind is not to fan nor to purge. It's the final judgment of God. That east wind, there's an angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. That's the work of the Holy Ghost. RMD, eastward. And there's 144 RMD thousand that are sealed. And he changes the order of the tribes. We'll get into that on the next podcast. That RMD, 144,000, is the work of the Holy Ghost in the sealing of God's people, which are the ones that have received the voice as of a trumpet talking with them. Not a cornet, sack, uh, cornet, harp, flute, sackbolt, psaltery, or dulcimer. They have the trumpet sound. And if that trumpet gives us an uncertain sound, Who can't prepare himself for the battle? What battle? The battle of faith. This battle of the last day work of the ministry of three and one half years. And he's going to give power for 42 months, three and a half years, time, times, dividing of a time, 1,203 score days unto my two witnesses. In the spirit of Elijah, in the spirit of Moses, which is Jesus Christ. What Moses doing the miracles? It wasn't Elijah. It was Jesus Christ. Jesus only. And we're going to find that. And who's going to preach this everlasting gospel? Who's going to be accounted worthy to carry this word? 
not just logos, but a rhema, a living word, literally the sword of the spirit to all nations. Who's going to carry it? Well, let's take a look and see. In Revelation 4, we see in verse 7, there's a lion, calf, man, and eagle. We see over there these four beasts before the throne of God. We're made to set the heavenly places in these four and twenty seats where we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 1, what he brought to usward when he set him his own right hand in heavenly places. Well, then we see here in Revelation 5, verse 8, and he took the book, the four beasts, when he took the book, that's the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation world, when he took that book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having one, every one of them harps. And golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And watch all of them, the beast and four and twenty elders, sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us. Who did he redeem? The four and twenty elders. Oh, yeah. Oh, but not the four beasts. They're angels. No, they're not angels. The four and twenty elders and the four beasts are the redeemed. Who are the four beasts? The ones that have uh, that spirit of prophecy. The ones that have the testimony of Jesus. The ones that have the exact face of Jesus. Because that wire there, God has shown forth, there's going the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. The Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But we all with open face, behold, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord, into the same image of Jesus Christ. But we have to go into perfection. That's the reason in Genesis 3, the cherubim or our capital C. That's the Lord Jesus Christ showing us the way, the truth, and the life. How we can be made perfect while we're in this flesh through the Spirit of God, crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust. A vessel meet for the Master's use. What use for the work of the ministry? What is the work of the ministry? The preaching of the gospel and to all the world for a witness unto all nations and then the end will come. And he that overcometh in the end, the same shall be saved. That's a capital C in Genesis 3. And God said cherubim at the east end of the garden of God to keep the way of the tree of life. To keep the way? Who's the way? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The cherubim keep the way and a flaming sword turning every which way. What are they, who are these cherubim? It's Jesus. Capital C, deity. Who's that flaming sword? That's the word of God, the word made flesh. There we have Jesus being the lion of the tribe of Judah in Matthew. He's the perfect man in Mark. That's the face of Jesus as a man. The Gospel of Mark, John Mark. Then we have the Gospel of Luke, the beloved physician. Travel with Paul, Peter, wrote the, wrote the book of Acts. Luke, the beloved physician, showed Jesus and portrayed him in the face of an ox, the suffering servant. And 
John proclaimed him, proclaimed, portrayed him as the flying eagle. That eagle, lion, man, ox, and eagle, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's the Lord. But what about these little C, the little cherubim, with a little C in Ezekiel 1, Ezekiel 10 of Revelation 4, verse 7, Revelation 5, verse 8. Who are they? That's the church of the living God, friend. Those are not angels. They're the redeemed of the Lord. You can see that in verse 9. And who's going to preach this everlasting gospel? Well, let's see. He says to this redeemed, that is the four and twenty elders and the four beasts, who are they? Thou hast made us, verse 10, and to our God, kings and priests, and we will reign on the earth. How long? For 1,000 years. That's the work of the ministry. Before that is a three and one half year work of the ministry, the Jesus ministry, in that of Jesus redemption miracles, Moses judgment miracles, and Elijah kingdom miracles. Doing all of those Jesus only in the last days. And it will be such a radical change from what we know to be God in love, but also God revealing his miracles as he did with Moses and Elijah in and through the body of Christ, Revelation 11. We'll go that in detail on the next podcast. Right now, who are these? Well, they're going to be kings and priests of the Lord, their God. They're going to reign in the earth. And only the one worthy is the Lamb. Now look at Revelation 6, verse 1. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals. The seal is those seals that we will have sealed in our mind. It's the Word of God. Him, the Son of Man, hath God the Father sealed. Francisco really means uh, to hide, to mark as an ownership. And that son of the man, son of man, is the kingdom, office of the spirit. John 3.13, no man ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man which is in heaven. Jesus standing there before his disciples in the earth. And he says he's in heaven. Well, that son of man is the kingdom office. That lamb, man, ox, and eagle. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus only. But now, God has shown forth his glory in the face. They have a face of a lion, the face of a man, the face of an ox, and the face of an eagle. Ezekiel 1. These are the four living creatures I saw by the, the river Kibar. There, Ezekiel saw it. The same as we see in Revelation 4, verse 7, Revelation 5, verse 8, 9, and 10. They're the king's priests of the Lord our God that will reign in the earth. They're the redeemed of the Lord. They're the church of the living God that has gone higher through the voice of a trumpet, the ministry voice of Jesus and the feast of trumpets. Who will hear for the time to come? Search ye out of the book and read. Not one of these things shall fail. To the law, to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and to the testimony, the testimony of Jesus. If any man speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in him. Isaiah 8. This is where we are now for those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. We will see Revelation 6, 1, the Lamb had opened the seals. The seals of what is sealed, that for example, and the Son of Man is the only one, the Lamb of God, slain, is the only one that can open this book. 
this book, this book that is sealed with seven seals, that book is a Bibliorhidion. It is a little book. It is the Word of God. And when he opened one of the seals, I heard, now are we hearing the voice of the Spirit? The Lord will not shake only earth, that voice that then shook the earth only. He said, yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. How? Through the voice of uh, the voice of Almighty God, the voice of uh, and host, the voice of uh, the Almighty God, uh, the voice of a multitude, the voice of many waters. I heard as it were the voice and the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, who's proclaiming the voice? One of the four beasts saying, come and see you and I in the body of Christ that have the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy in the same glory as lion, man, ox, and eagle of the four beasts there before the throne of God will proclaim this word if we're counted worthy. Suffering with him, that reigning with him, and preaching this everlasting gospel unto all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. They say, Come and see. And he said, And I saw, John said, I saw, and behold, a white horse. White is the righteousness of the saints. The horse is uh, the faith that pulls the chariot. The chariot are the things that you have in faith. The horse is the rhema that pulls it. Without that horse, that chariot will remain still. You can sit there all day and know the word of God, but until you act and obey it and proclaim it, then that horse is not moving. That ride in faith. And he that sat on him had a bow. That bow is a toxon. Notice there's no arrows there. That toxon is an ornamental bow made of fabric that you set on the mantle as a victory, as an ornament of a victory given to the conqueror. Jesus gives us that bow before the ornamental bow, the toxon, before we ever even go into battle, assuring us of the victory. A bow was given and a crown, Stephanos, not the royal diadema, that's his, but a Stephanos, a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering again to conquer those of the Lord Jesus Christ, literally bring, bearing this gospel, carrying it to all the world for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. The second, we're going to see that second beast. There, when he had opened that second seal, I heard the second beast say, come and see. Well, one of the beasts there, and then he said the second beast. Well, he said, first lion, man, calf, eagle, well, he's going to see uh, that, that the order that he has it in, that second beast would be, in verse 7, would be the calf. Lion first, second beast, the calf. Third beast, the face of a man. Fourth beast, flying eagle. Well, we just have one of the beasts on first, so we go through the process of elimination by deductive reasoning. We're going to know who that is, because the second beast is the calf. That calf, the second beast said... Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red. And power was given to him that sat there on to take peace from the earth. 
and that they should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. Now that sword is going to cause division. That's going to cause a man to be at variance with his son. A mother against a daughter, mother-in-law against a daughter-in-law. What do you think I said came to send peace, but rather a sword. Here it is. The conquest. There is the battle that rages. The second beast is the one, the calf is the one that's saying, preaching it, come and see. The Lord's the one that broke it. It's all him. But the second beast, the calf, is the one preaching it, come and see. Now the third, that third seal is opened by the lamb. And I heard the third beast say, that third beast is the face of a man. Say, come and see, and I beheld in low a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. Remember, the horse is the battle instrument that carries the chariot. That is the faith that you have. Notice it says on this black horse that it says that I beheld and a black horse and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. He's balancing. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts a measure of wheat for a penny. Now in corn harvest the, there are three feasts Passover and leavened bread and first fruits. In the feast of weeks or uh, that corn harvest in the feast of Pentecost is wheat. It says there, a measure of wheat for a penny. A penny is a day's labor. So let me whose superscriptions on it. Caesar. Render to Caesar things be of Caesar and render to God the things that be God. This is for a penny. In other words, what's he doing? He's selling out. He's buying Selling that he has and buys that pearl of great price. Except the man forsaketh all that he hath, he can't be, be my disciple. This one is. And measure wheat. I want that corn harvest. I want that corn harvest of Pentecost. And measure wheat for a penny. And that's that measure of faith. A good measure. And three measures of what? Three measures of barley for a penny. Three measures, yeah. That's Passover, the bread, and first fruits. For a penny. In each of these seasons of God, three seasons, there are seven feasts. And what? You have to purchase that. You have to forsake your own desires, your own goals, your own life. And he that seek to save his life is going to lose it. And who will lose his life for the gospel's sake? The same shall find it. There, a man forsaketh all that he hath. If he doesn't do that, he cannot be my disciple. There, he said, lay up for yourself treasures in the heavens. How? Sell that you have. Luke 12, give alms. Provide for yourself treasures in the heavens where moth, moth and rust does not corrupt and thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there's your heart also. Anybody says they love God and do not give as cheerful giver, is not abiding in that grace also in 2 Corinthians 8 and 2 Corinthians 9. Except a man forsaketh all that he hath. He has to crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. Somebody says, well, I'm going to hold on to this money. You can't serve God and man with money. You must you either hold the one, hate the other, hold, spell the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and man. And there he says, uh, a measure of wheat for a penny. That's that Pentecost. 
three measures of barley for a penny, Passover unleavened bread and first fruits, but see that you hurt not the oil and the wine. That's the other three feasts. That's the fruit harvest of oil and wine. That's a Melchizedek. That's a Melchizedek king priest ministry that we have to come to. Paul was trying to get the church at of Hebrews to understand it in Hebrews 5. He said now when he's going to talk about Melchizedek, the oil and wine, when Abraham came back from the battle of the kings in Shadrach, Laban, or whatever, and he took Lot down to Sodom. Abraham took 318 servants that he trained in his own house and literally took and Lot back out. And God, as you know, at the Battle of the Kings, that Melchizedek met Abraham, Abram, and gave him bread and wine, fruit harvest. Bread being the body of Jesus, wine being the blood of Jesus. But that was the Melchizedek. And Paul talking about the Melchizedek ministry in Hebrews 5 says that when you ought to be teachers. You have need to be taught again of the first principles of, of Christ, the first principles of the oracles of God. You have to go back to, to being a baby. He said, because the babies are unskillful in the word of righteousness. That word of righteousness is a word, that voice of a trumpet talking with me, saying, come up hither. And it's showing the lion, man, the ox, and eagle. It's showing the male This We will be kings and priests and reign in the earth. The four and twenty elders, priesthood, and the four beasts. There's your king priesthood. We will be kings and priests and reign in the earth. We will reign with God. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord Jesus, is there, present, sitting upon the throne of David, fulfilling Psalm 132, 11. Of the fruit of thy body, God hath promised and sworn unto David, that of the fruit of thy body will I, God, set upon thy throne, David. And he will fulfill that for 1,000 years in the earth. Nobody lived to be 1,000 years because that's perfected glory. Adam, 950 years. Methuselah, 969. Lamech, 777. But no one lived 1,000 years. Why? Because 1,000 is perfected glory. And that is why Israel, the nation, Israel, for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's sake, will what what Adam lost will be fulfilled to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to the fathers, small f, they're reigning in the earth. And we, however, the church of the living God will be reigning over them, judges over them, rule over five cities, rule over ten cities. They will walk in the name of their gods, the judges, and we will walk in the name of the Lord our God. And we mean ruler over cities or whatever the, the reward is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Giving you a rod to rule all nations as a vessel of a potter, shall they be beaten to shivers to him that overcometh. But here we're finding that in that in that corn harvest, that's a Pentecostal harvest. Measure wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny, but see that thou hurt not the oil and the wine. The others still have a price to pay. They have to come higher. The children have to go to the fathers. That is going to cost them. They've still got a growth to go. But don't hurt the oil and the wine. Why? Because that is fruit harvest of oil and wine. 
They've come to perfection. Then the final fourth beast, that is the eagle. And he when they opened that fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, that, that lion, come and see. So by deductive reasoning, that first one of the beasts, and the first one will be that of that uh, lion, the lion calf, man, and eagle. There are the beasts, are the cherubim, are the living olive trees, or lively stones, or the candlestick, the church that is proclaiming this everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness in all nations that the end will come. And then what's following? Well, the gospel's preached, then it divides the red horse. Then the ones that have not got enough, a measure of wheat for a penny, three measure of barley for a penny, got to come higher. And it's in the balances. We're being uh, uh, measured. And then finally, death rides. Because if we don't receive it, then uh, death and hell follows after that. One-fourth of all the population are died. And power was given him over the fourth part of the earth to kill with a sword and with hunger and death and with a beast of the earth. Why? Famine, pestilence, famine, pestilence, uh, uh, plagues, and noisome beast. God's four-sword judgment's doing that. God is the one sending that. God said, I have my way. I kill. I make alive. If you do not receive that word, he says, these judgments of God will fall upon you. You're either going to live, and it's a two-edged sword. If you obey it, you live. If you don't, it'll cut you off. And there it is. Now the fifth seal. During that time, many of the saints, literally for the cause of Christ, die at that altar of burnt offering. We saw under that fifth seal, when the Lord had opened that fifth seal, it didn't say come and see. Why? Because the four beasts have already preached that. The white, red, black, and pale horse. That is the faith that has gone out over the earth. The horse. That battle instrument of your of your rhema word. That sword of the spirit. And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar souls of them that were slain for the word of God and the testimony which they held. They cried with a loud voice, How long, O Lord, will it be before thou avenge our blood upon them that dwell upon the earth? White robes of righteousness were given to each one of them. And... That was said unto your brethren and your fellow servants that should be killed as you were should be fulfilled. There's more that's going to be dying down there through this great tribulation. Then we come to the sixth seal. That sixth seal is a great earthquake, a shaking. Shaking not only the earth but also heaven, a great shaking. The sun became black as sackcloth of hair. The moon became blood. Now, I'm not talking about four, the four blood moons. I'm talking about the moon becoming blood. What's that? In other words, required. All the lunations, all the moons and the new moons and the revelation of Jesus. The, that is in the feast of the first month. There were three feasts. Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. After first fruits, number uh, seven weeks and on the morrow. That's 50. Pentecost. That's another moon. And then in the seventh month, that's another seventh moon, Ethim, or Tishri, 
That's tabernacles. You got three more feasts and the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. And it's going to be sun turned into the uh, black as a sackcloth of hair and the moon into blood. And the stars of heaven fell into the earth. The stars, the, the sun, moon, the stars are for signs, seasons, days, and years. And they fell. Even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she's shaken of a mighty wind. There's that last day move of the voice of God Almighty, the voice of thunder, the wind of the Holy Ghost. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it's rolled together. Second Peter 3 says, Seeing that the heavens will melt with fervent heat, what manner of holy conversation should we be? And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. The kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the chief captains, the mighty men, the bondmen, and every free man hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains. Said unto the mountains and to the rocks, Follow us. Hide us from the face. What's the face? That's the glory. Of him that sitteth on the throne. There's only one sitting on the throne. He's not beside him. He's not standing beside it. He's sitting on the throne. He sat down with the Father in his throne with all power. Heaven and earth, the Son being the Father glorified there in Revelation 3.21. And from the wrath of the Lamb, even the wrath of the Lamb, for the Lamb is that one sitting on that throne. There's only one throne in heaven and one sitting on that throne. 420 seats before it but only one throne, Jesus Christ. For the great day of the wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Only the ones that have heard the voice of a trumpet, the voice of the Lord, the voice of Almighty God, the voice of many waters, the voice of an host, and that voice declared in and through the body of Christ. We'll neighbor next time. We'll get into the podcast, get into these cherubim of glory, which have mercy seat. Of which now that Paul said we cannot speak particularly until the next time. This is Brother Dennis Beard, sealinggodspeople.com, saying, Behold, the real Jesus.